fantasy coaches and welcome to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Sylvester. And by my side is producer J.P. Gale. Today we're going to be joined by Justin Alick of DailyFantasyCafe.com to chat about Week 3's DFS slate for DraftKings and FanDuel. How are you doing, Justin? I'm doing good. It's uh, finally starting to feel like football weather around here, not 90 degrees today. So um, <laughs> it finally feels like how it should feel when we're on here talking about football. Well, it, it does not feel like that here. It's going to remain in the 90s probably for a few more weeks here in St. Louis, and uh, I'm not too happy about it. But we are in football season, so I'm not going to complain about anything. It's it's just great to be living at this time. Oh, yeah. It's the best time of the year, regardless of weather. We can always sit inside and talk about football and uh, and worry about all that later. That's right. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and start. We're going to jump right into it. And we're going to start with stacks this week. Uh, last week, the Saints and Giants just killed a lot of DFSers. Everyone was stacking those guys and and they were terrible. It was a, it was a really strange game. Who's the top stack this week? And are they going to do better? Um, I mean, that whole thing with the Saints and Giants, obviously, I was big time on the Giants. I'm not much of a fan of Breeze on the road because as crazy it is, those splits, I mean, I just... I can't put my money behind it usually, but I mean, I know a lot of the slates this week don't include the Monday night game, but it's really hard to get away from either one of those teams um, if you do have the Monday night slate. So Saints, Falcons both seem like great options. You know, Matt Ryan's been unbelievable so far this year. Um, That's uh, those are both pretty good stacks. But if we're looking at um, Sunday only stacks, um, I like the Chargers a lot. They're cheap. Um, Their value is pretty concentrated. And I mean, as is kind of the standard each week, it's the Steelers just seem like a great option because that's another one of those. I mean, no matter what, you got a ridiculously high floor with D'Angelo Williams. Antonio Brown had his one kind of hiccup last week, but that's about as low of a floor as you'll see for him. You're right. Uh, my two stacks this week, I've got Dallas at Chicago Bears. If you guys listen to the episode on Wednesday, you'll know that the Bears secondary is uh, just kind of eating alive right now. They're, yeah. they're playing a bunch of backups and their starters weren't very good to begin with. So I think the Dak Prescott is going to have a heyday on them. Uh, I'm liking stacking uh, Des Bryant and Jason Witten against them. My other stack, you already mentioned San Diego. They're my cheap stack. Uh, I like Phillip Rivers, even on the road, just against Indianapolis defense. I would like I would like Cody Kessler and the Browns against Indianapolis defense. I would right like now, you so. and me against that defense right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is there a cheap stack uh, that, that you're really fond of that you, you think a lot of people aren't going to be on this week? My my one stack that I think um, is going to be low owned. So they got a pretty low team total. I like the Jets. I know they're kind of banged up. Um, you got Brandon Marshall looking like he's probably going to be game time decision. Decker's not 100. Um, percent Forte looks awesome. Um, Fitzpatrick had a good game last week, and I know a lot of people don't have faith in him. But you got Quincy and Unwa has been playing really well um, as a number three there. So I think that they're a sneaky kind of cheap stack that. Um, it's not an ideal matchup against Kansas City, but that defense hasn't been great so far either. So I think the the Jets are my my stack that I think will sneak up on people. That is a great contrarian stack because nobody's going to be playing them. But we've seen teams like that against defenses like that absolutely go off. And then everyone's wondering, why did I not stack those guys? How did I not see it? Um, you know, you got to take some chances like that. And uh, maybe it'll be the week that it works out for you. Yeah, yeah, I'm open. So, I mean, I'm not going all in by any means, but I, I like Forte across the board. Um, I think Anon was a good cheap play, but I definitely think that snack stack will be interesting. I'm kind of hoping that Brandon Marshall plays and is limited because that'll kind of, you know, keep people off of the other guys in that lineup. Justin, let's jump over to the QB position. Who do you like best as a GPP play that's in the mid price range? There's three guys I've got my eye on. 
I mean, we, we already kind of mentioned Philip Rivers and the Chargers. I think um, that's I don't want to say an obvious call, but that's one that I, I'm certainly on this week. Um, I mentioned Fitzpatrick. I like him against uh, against Kansas City as well. I'm guessing one of your guys there is going to be uh, Dak Prescott which um, I, I'm, I'm fine with him as well. Um, I think Joe Flacco is the other guy that I'm, I'm interested in in the mid-range. He's a guy that, you know, he's he's just quietly consistent. You know, nobody's been on him the first couple weeks. And granted, you know, played against the Browns last week, so that kind of gives him a pass. He's supposed to be good in that matchup. But um, that Jacksonville defense has been pretty terrible so far. So I think that uh, it's a pretty interesting spot for him at low ownership to put up some big numbers. The only other name that I like that you didn't mention is Marcus Mariota. He's going up against Oakland's defense. And look, I get it. They played the Saints. Uh, they haven't had the best uh, defensive matchups yet. But, you know, I think Mariota at home can put up a real big game. We've seen it before. He can run the ball a little bit, even though he hasn't been doing it as much as people expected. You know he can break a 50-yard run. And, uh, you know, his weapons aren't really there, but it doesn't necessarily matter. If you're throwing the ball, you can put up fantasy points. Yeah. And I mean, he's a guy that, you know, some people were on last week. I was on him big last week and I saw some people talking about how they were disappointed. And, you know, for his salary, he paid off pretty well last week. And like you mentioned, that that Raiders defense, they've allowed 132 more yards than any other team in the NFL. So almost 200 yards more than anybody that's not the Saints. So, I mean, this is (laughs) horrible, horrible defense right now. And I'm still a fan of Mariota. Like you mentioned, he's not a guy that has to have, you know, an Antonio Brown type guy to be able to produce because he can do it yeah. in a myriad of ways. So I, I'm a big fan of his as well. There, That's a good call. Now this is a, a more important question for cash games, uh, but which top end option do you think is going to score the most points? Who's the top quarterback this week? I mean, if, if we're including a Monday night slate, I mean, I think it's, it's Drew Brees easily. Anytime he's at home against a less than elite defense. I mean, I'm, I'm, I won't say all in, but I think he's a big in a good spot. But uh, aside from that, I really like Aaron Rodgers here. That Detroit defense is, you know, a shell of what it once was. You got Darius Slay is going to be a tough matchup, likely for Jordy Nelson. But um, Rodgers is still just Mr. Consistency. Hasn't been great in either game, but, you know, still three touchdown passes over the two weeks. You look at his like fan duel numbers, averaging just over 20 points, a little bit higher on DraftKings, of course. But, you know, I think this is a good spot for him, especially on the week where everyone's coming up with these ridiculous Blaine Gabbert, Aaron Rodgers comparisons over the past, you know, eight or nine weeks. And I just think and Vegas has them with a huge team total. So I think that Aaron Rodgers is the guy that people are going to think they're, they'll be overpaying for in this matchup. But I think this is the week that he has a, a pretty huge game. You know, it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen eventually where Rodgers puts up one of those games with five touchdown passes. And it very well could be this week because, you know, Jim Bob Cooter and Matt Stafford are going to be able to keep up with the Packers. The Packers secondary was not impressive last week against Sam Bradford and, and Stephon Diggs. Just imagine what uh, Matt Stafford and Marvin Jones Jr. are going to be able to do. You know, I think this is going to be a real high scoring game and Rodgers is going to have to throw the ball more than he usually does. And when that happens... We could be seeing one of the top games of the season. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely big on uh, big on him this week, and I, I just it's it's strange to think that a guy who's arguably the best quarterback in the NFL, at least in my opinion, is is going to be continue to be so low owned. I mean, he gives yeah. you a great floor, and then like we've seen many times, like you mentioned, the five touchdowns. I mean, there's been times where he goes three, four touchdowns in the first half, and then they just cruise in the second. Now, Justin, can you talk to me a little bit about Russell Wilson? At home against the San Francisco 49ers, is there any reason to play him in DFS this weekend? 
I'm not. I don't. I don't think he's 100% healthy. I know for for whatever reason it is, I don't understand why he just struggles against the Rams. So last week was really, I won't say no surprise, but he wasn't a guy I even really considered because he wasn't 100%, you know, facing a team that does put a lot of pressure on the quarterback. So he wasn't a guy I was big on then. I just think, you know, especially considering his price tag, you know, he's the third most expensive guy on FanDuel um, as far as the slate that doesn't include Monday night. He's a little cheaper on DraftKings, 7,100. I think he's the eighth most expensive there. So I, I guess I just think there's just so many better options. I mean, if I'm going price considered, matchup considered, despite the fact that I don't think San Francisco's defense, I think it's more like the defense we saw last week than the defense we saw in week one, obviously. I just, I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of Wilson this week. I won't be playing him at all. You know, I'm not either, but it really scares me because four out of 17 weeks last year, well, I guess four out of 16 weeks that Russell Wilson played, he was the top uh, the top cash getter for quarterbacks. He was on the most uh, GPP winning teams last week. I'm sorry, last year, four out of 16 times that he played. I mean, that's a 25% chance. And this is a guy who's going to be probably what, three, 4% owned. Anytime that Russell Wilson's going and he's low owned, I always think about jumping him into my G- GPP lineup and uh, just makes me nervous that, um, you know, that everyone is so low on him, including myself. And I'm just really hoping it doesn't bite me. Yeah, I mean, he had he had one monster game against him last year, too. Three touchdowns, 24 for 29, 30 yards rushing. So, I mean, he is that guy. I just I'm with you. It does scare me because he's that Cam Newton type that, you know, can put up, you know, monster numbers at any time. And, you know, somehow he does it without really having a whole lot of weapons. I mean, he's got Doug Baldwin, of course. But, you know, in, until I see him healthy for one week, I think I'm going to try to stomach one more week of a fade and hope that we can wait for next week for uh, for him to break out. Now, do you have a contrarian QB play that you think is going to end up being really low owned, but could end up being the DraftKings million dollar lineup winner? I mean, for me, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick still. Um, I hate to keep going back to that, but I just think. He's a guy that does have upside. I do think that um, he'll need to score some points because, you know, who knows what's going on with that KC backfield now, but they've got, you know, multiple guys that can make plays there as well. Um, I just think that he's going to be so low owned that even if he doesn't put up, you know, 350 plus yards and three touchdowns that I think his low ownership itself could kind of put him into that conversation. But I'm also a big Brian Hoyer fan. And I want I want this to be the week that obviously he gets the chance and he puts up big numbers. But I think even I am not delusional enough to think that uh, he's going to pay off big time this week. (laughs) For me, it's Jameis Winston. And look, I get it. The Rams shut down the Seahawks last week with, um, you know, with all those weapons that that they do have. Uh, I guess you just talked about how they don't have weapons. But, you know, I, I think that is better than a lot of teams in the league. Russell Wilson can really put up some points. But Jameis Winston is playing at home. The Rams just basically played their Super Bowl, and they're so beat up. That was a really physical game. There were a bunch of injured players in that game. The Rams don't have Janoris Jenkins this year, and I think Jameis Winston is going to come back with a vengeance after that embarrassing game at Arizona. I I think that he could put up the top quarterback score of the week. It's probably not going to happen, but if we're talking about a guy who can be in that million-maker lineup, I think Jameis Winston's right there in the combo. Yeah, and like you mentioned, coming off a game where he threw four picks and team scored seven points. I mean, 
no one in the world is going to be on him. And you probably don't know this about me, but I am probably the biggest Mike Evans fan in the entire world. So <laughs> I'm huge on Mike Evans this week, um, as I am most weeks. But, uh, you know, w- with that, it would make sense for me to get some pairings of uh, of Winston with him. And just about every week, I don't feel like there's a single corner that can contend with Evans. I mean, he had his way with Trufant that first week. And I mean, that's about as tough a matchup as he's going to see. And I just don't think... I don't think he's going to see much resistance. Really, the the difference being, you know, if if Winston can have one of those games where he's consistent hitting his spots with his passes, then I mean, the the upside's definitely there. Speaking of DraftKings, I just entered my lineup into that millionaire maker. I'm taking down the top prize this week. I've got Dak Prescott as my quarterback, and I'm really excited about my lineup. I was last week, but it didn't work out. But that's why you play every week. You get a you get a new slate. Uh, there's over a million dollars in total prizes that are up for grabs this weekend at DraftKings.com, the destination for one-week fantasy football. That means no season-long commitments. Play when you want with the players you want. You just pick your contest, draft your team, and follow the action live. Use the code carry at draftkings.com now and play free with your first deposit that's carry c-a-r-r-y to play free for your share of over a million dollars in total prizes this weekend only at draftkings.com eligibility restrictions may apply see site for details justin let's jump over and talk about running backs now who's going to be the top owned running back and do you think it's justified I mean, I think it's it's D'Angelo Williams and it should be once again. I mean, I thought he should be the first two weeks. It's just the amount of touches that he gets with Le'Veon Bell out. I mean, I I wrote a couple articles um, about the running backs each week. And uh, I mean, he's the first guy that I put in every single week because whenever Le'Veon Bell is out, he was a value for a couple weeks. Most expensive guy in FanDuel this week. And for good reason. I mean, he's seen the most touches. He scored the most points. I mean, he is just as safe of an option as you're ever going to find. And I mean, 68 touches in two weeks now facing a Philly defense that on paper looks like they've been playing pretty well, but I'm not a believer face the bears and face the Browns. That's, that's not a defense that scares me by any means. And the Steelers obviously turn him into their workhorse. It doesn't matter what the game flow is. You know, he's catching passes out of the backfield. He's getting a ton of carries. I'd be, I'd be shocked to see him not be the highest owned running back. And he definitely will be for me. Yeah, they have no regards about wasting his legs. I mean, what's it going to matter? Le'Veon Bell's coming back soon. I do think he's the best running back this week. I'm not sure he will be the most owned. He probably will, but the other guy on my radar is David Johnson. Just because of what Matt Forte did against that Buffalo Bills defense last week, and I know that's fresh on everyone's mind, and David Johnson, like it or not, uh, he's probably the top running back in the NFL. So uh, I know a lot of people are planning on playing him, whether it's him or D'Angelo Williams at the top. I'm not sure, but uh, those are two guys to keep on your radar. And I'm fading David Johnson just because I think so many people are going to play him. And that Bill's defense isn't as terrible as they looked last week. Yeah, I mean, the, the three touchdowns, I think, is one of the things that from Forte is what's going to get a lot of people on him. And don't get me wrong. I love David Johnson. Like you mentioned, I think. With Bell hurt, he is the best. I think when Bell's healthy, he's number one. But, I mean, it's kind of just yeah, I agree. choosing a battle, really, picking between the two. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think there's, there's some viability to a GPP fade for him. But uh, it's scary because he gets the ball in the open field, especially the way how Palmer has been inconsistent. You know, I feel like he's going to just continue to rely on him to kind of uh, alleviate the pressure. 
One other guy that I think that is in that conversation is Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, we haven't really seen it yet, but especially behind that Dallas offensive line, once he gets going and he's going to start getting going, probably this week against the Bears defense that we were talking about, I think Ezekiel Elliott's going to be right there in the top three. By the end of the season, he could be the best guy going. Um, so don't don't count him out just because he hasn't scored a bunch of touchdowns or or rushed for a ton of yards. He's got the talent. Just watch the tape. This guy's phenomenal. We know what that offensive line can do. And I think he's going to be low owned. So he's a guy near the top tier that I don't mind sneaking into my GPP lineup and uh, watching him go off while everyone else is playing those two top guys we already talked about. Yeah, I mean, I, I know firsthand how good Zeke is. I, I've lived in Columbus, Ohio for about the last 10 years. So everybody, we're all big Buckeye fans here. So we know all about Ezekiel Elliott. Watching that that first preseason game was just, it was incredible watching him even that first time. And, you know, I mean, his yards per carry aren't great so far. I'm not too worried about that. I mean, he makes good decisions. He makes good cuts. He finds the holes. He's fast when he needs to be. He's He's got all the tools of a top running back and, like you said, he's not going to be a popular play this week, but I, I definitely think he could uh, end up being one of the top scorers. I watched this guy play in high school. I'm, I'm from here in St. Louis and uh, went to go see him play, and it was a real treat. I don't know if you've seen that video of the rugby kid in beast mode. If you guys are listening to this, pause it. Go to YouTube and type in rugby beast mode. That's what Ezekiel Elliott looked like against a bunch of high schoolers. He was just absolutely dominant. And then hey, you watch him play now. And he's getting hit one, two yards right after the line of scrimmage. When that changes, he's going to bust a couple for some real long runs. He's going to put up 150 yards and three touchdowns in some game. And it might be this week. This uh, this Bears defense is so bad right now. And they're going to be playing up high. Uh, they're going to be running the ball a lot as a result. And I, I like Elliott a lot as a play this week. But there's one guy that I like more. And I'll be pairing with D'Angelo Williams. I, I might sneak a third running back into my flex play, uh, but that guy's Charles Sims. To me, he's the absolute breakout candidate. He's really cheap. Uh, and I'm going to talk about him in a little bit. But Justin, can you tell us one guy uh, that you can see breaking out the same way Forte did last week and ending up with a highest point total? Yeah, I mean, I think that guy for me is CJ Anderson. Um, he's he's a high volume guy. He gives you that nice high floor. So obviously he's not going to, um, he's going to be a very low low risk type of play. Um, but each of the first two weeks, exactly 20 carries, exactly five targets. He's a guy that, you know, I, I'm Cincinnati Bengals are my hometown team, but I'm also not too proud to admit when uh, they're overmatched. And especially with the way their past defense has been playing well over the first two weeks, I expect Denver to rely on the, the run. And especially with guys like Bontez perfect still out with the suspension, you know, they're very susceptible to the run. And I expect Anderson's going to get a ton of carries here. I think they're going to rely on the, the running game heavily and i mean i would not be at all surprised to see multiple touchdowns 100 plus yards get that bonus on DraftKings, and i i think he's definitely in the conversation for top three if not top running back this week it seems like there's some really good options at the top of the running back uh at the running back slate this week is this the week to go to buy low on wide receivers and spend up on your running backs yeah i mean i there's a lot of cheap running backs who are going to kind of be thrust into bigger roles this week but for me, I don't really have faith in any of them, especially in cash games. Certainly, you can target some of these guys in GPPs, but guys like Jarek McKinnon, I mean, I saw a tweet earlier about how bad that offensive line has been for Minnesota, averaging less than two yards per carry. And I mean, pro football focus has them all rated negatively in pass blocking or run blocking. I mean, Adrian Peterson couldn't run behind that line, so I don't know why we think McKinnon or Asiata can. So I'm, I'm fading most of the cheap guys outside of maybe a bullet or two in GPPs. 
but I, I definitely think there's some viability to paying down at wide receiver because there's a lot of options I like for cheap there. I mentioned Charles Sims. He's my guy. I'm playing him in cash games, GPP. It, it does not matter. Uh, I, I already mentioned that Rams defense played a really physical game. You know, they're going, they're traveling all the way to Florida. It's going to be a, a humid game after living in, in Los Angeles. And I think Tampa is going to be up big. I think Charles Sims can handle a three down workload. And he's so cheap. He's 4,900 on DraftKings, especially in DraftKings. You've got PPR and he can catch the ball out of the backfield. I would not be shocked at all if he puts up the most fantasy points at running back this week. He's a dynamic talent and and not a lot of people realize it because they haven't seen him play that much. But, you know, it's, it's also to our benefit that so many people got hurt last week. And so it's kind of overshadowed that Charles Sims is going to be stepping in for Doug Martin for three weeks because everyone's been talking about Jarek McKinnon, Cameron Artis Payne, all these other guys. And Charles Sims is just sitting there waiting to explode. Yeah, especially like you mentioned that full PPR and DraftKings. I mean, that's his upside is is definitely immense especially at that price he's a little little pricier on FanDuel but I mean on DraftKings he's just seems like a tremendous play another guy that's really interesting for PPR DraftKings is is Darren Sproles and last week he out carried Ryan Matthews could you see him having a real big week (laughs) I dating back to his his days back in the day with the Saints I mean I've I've been a huge Darren Sproles fan he's a guy I always drafted in season long and I, I love playing Darren Sproles I mean I I like him more in the passing game. I don't he had five targets the first week, only two last week. But I mean, Philly's going to be down in this game, and I think they're gonna be down big. And we know what happens when Darren Sproles is involved in any sort of offense, especially with a young quarterback that's behind. Um he I think he's gonna get plenty of opportunities in the passing game. I don't really expect a lot of him out of him in the rushing game because, you know, even if he sees 10, 15 carries, he was never a good um a great yards per carry type of guy he's a guy that you know makes plays in the open field catches passes is elusive he's hard to I mean he's hard to find you see him hiding behind the offensive line and catching those screen passes I mean he's he's just a tough guy to bring down because he's so quick and he's so small but I I definitely think he has big time upside I mean 3700 on DraftKings is nice and uh, I may be biased though because I do love Darren Sproles let's jump over uh, before we jump over to wide receivers let's take a look at safest plays uh, we've already talked about David Johnson, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, D'Angelo Williams. What do you think about Melvin Gordon? Do you think he's a real safe play in cash games? I mean, he's pretty cheap. He's 5,800, and now he's going to be uh, the guy now that Keenan Allen and Danny Woodhead are gone. They're going to be giving the ball a lot, right? Yeah, I, I'm glad you said that because that was the guy I had written down as my safe option for the week, especially at that price. I mean, it's... It it's, seems just too easy. You know, this was a guy that we waited forever last year for him to even find the end zone. It seemed like every week somebody was saying, this is the week he scores, this is the week he scores. But, I mean, this guy was one of the best college running backs we've ever seen. And he's obviously got the skill set. Um, this Indianapolis defense does not have a lot of skill. Uh, this is probably the worst defense in the NFL, I'd say, talent-wise right now with all the injuries. And, I mean, well, you mentioned Woodhead, Allen, both out. Um, Gordon didn't have any targets first week. He had three last week. I think regardless of him seeing any targets in the, the passing game, I think he's going to see a ton of carries because, you know, options are becoming more far, few and far between for the Chargers. And it seems like Philip Rivers obviously trusts him. I mean, he's got, uh, what, 41 touches over the last two weeks. And that was with Danny Woodhead there for at least, you know, a little bit more than half of it. So I think he's about as safe as it gets on, on DraftKings this week at his price. What's his ceiling look like to you? I mean, 
last week he scored 24 points. I mean, with just one touchdown, he got over the 100 yards, got that bonus. I mean, I think his ceiling's as good as anyone's this week. And I feel weird saying that because, you know, before these two games, he really didn't have much of a ceiling last year. But, you know, I, I love to target guys who are talented and in big volume situations, whether by injury or by default. And, I mean, there's no one behind him. We saw Brandon Oliver was injured before the year even started. Then we had Danny Woodhead out. So, I mean, if he starts getting involved in the passing game, I mean, the sky's the limit for him, especially in this matchup. Let's jump over and take a look at wide receivers now. And we'll start in that Arizona offense. Who's the wideout going to be for Arizona this week that you want to own? I mean, I feel like it's always kind of Fitzgerald, but obviously he was he was limited in practice. I never know what to think with him because, you know, at his age, I think he's 33 now. He they take it easy on his injuries because, I mean, Carson Palmer seems like he would be lost without Fitzgerald. He's just as reliable as they come. You know, he's got three touchdowns the first two weeks, 10 targets each week. So, I mean, if he if he can't go, I mean, I guess Michael Floyd kind of by default. But I I'm personally not a huge uh, Michael Floyd fan. So I I think honestly, if Fitz doesn't play, it's David Johnson for me. And I'm probably not going to play either of the other receivers. Interesting. I was not expecting to hear that. Um you know, because they're playing Buffalo and in Buffalo, their secondary hasn't looked very good lately. I would have thought you would have picked one of those wide receivers, but you're right. Fitzgerald is a, is a question mark and I'm probably going to shy away from that game too. Is there someone who you think is a good price this week that we'd just be crazy to leave out of our lineup? Yes. Stefan Diggs. I mean, especially on DraftKings, that price, he's the 37th most expensive wide receiver this week and he's leading the NFL in receiving 20 total targets over two weeks over 100 yards both games. I mean, it's not an ideal matchup, but obviously the Panthers, you know, without Josh Norman this year, they're not quite the pass defense they were in past years. And I mean, what other options does Minnesota have other than to force feed Diggs the ball? You've got no Adrian Peterson, terrible run blocking up front, two, you know, kind of question marks at running back. I don't have much faith in either. And Sam Bradford, we all know, is not a particularly good quarterback. So this is going to be a spot, I think, where it's digs early and often, and it's kind of daring Carolina to stop him. And I just don't – I mean, I think he's emerging as a borderline elite wide receiver. So I just think that price is just insane. I don't think I could make a lineup this week on DraftKings without him. You're right. That Carolina secondary is terrible. It's it's just absolutely abysmal without Josh Norman. Pro Football Focus ranked them number 32 headed into the season, but it's really covered up by that defensive line being able to rush the passer and force them to throw the ball early. Um, do you think that's going to change for st- anything for Stephon Diggs? Is he not going to be able to get the ball downfield and make plays, or is it going to be uh, you know kind of the same thing we saw last week? I think it's going to be last week. I mean, it might be a little tougher goal for him than it was last week. We didn't really see much resistance um, in that game. I mean, that was embarrassing by that that Packers secondary. But uh, I, I just think that Diggs is talented enough that, you know, even in tough coverage, if they try to scheme against him, I think he's still going to find a way to make plays. And there's really no one else that you can rely on in that offense. So I think whether he's open or not, you know, Sam Bradford has no problem throwing the ball where it doesn't belong. So I think he's going to take plenty of chances trying to get him the ball and uh, let him make plays. You know, I'm looking at my DraftKings lineup that I just entered right now, and Stephon Diggs is out of it um, because I had to get Marvin Jones in there and Des Bryant. 
I really like T.Y. Hilton against the Chargers this week because I, I don't think that Verrett's going to go into the slot and cover him. So I think he's a nice sneaky play. And then to the flex, I use Darren Sproles. So um, I, I might have to make some changes because you're right. Stephon Diggs at that price, is it is so hard to fade him. But uh, maybe I'll just have to make another lineup, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think you definitely need to get some exposure because he's – I mean, if he was around 7K, you know, it's different. But his price, I think – you know, assuming that he even has a pretty good week this week should be seven K plus, I mean, for the rest of the season. So this is probably I would I would hope the last time we get him at this cheap, because I, I would think DraftKings would start pricing him up like they did with uh, guys like D'Angelo Williams. Yeah. Yeah. They always seem to be right on top of that. But for whatever reason, they're not in this case. Yeah. You got to take advantage where uh, they, these guys slip through the cracks. Definitely. So I definitely will be this week. So it seems like every week the most on players in uh, and, and wide receivers, at least, are Antonio Brown, Beckham, A.J. Green, and Julio Jones. Um, those guys are always so highly owned because there's so much money to spend in FanDuel and DraftKings. Which of these guys is going to be the most highly owned? And which one do you think is the top one to own in cash games this weekend? I mean, I think it's Antonio Brown this week. Um, I, I don't think it's – I don't want to say it's not close. If you're not including the Monday slate, I don't think it's particularly close. I mean, he's obviously the most expensive – He's significantly more than everybody aside from Jones and Beckham, really. Um, but, I mean, he has such just such a great floor. That Philly secondary, I, I still think, is one of the – it's a below-average unit at best. So he's going to see a ton of volume. Obviously, Philly doesn't have enough playmakers to try to scheme to take out Williams and Antonio Brown here. So I think uh, Antonio Brown's as safe as it gets, and we saw week one. I mean, Roethlisberger doesn't even have to make particularly good throws for – Brown to make plays down the field. I mean, at least one of those touchdowns was, I'm not going to say it was a bad throw, but it wasn't, it wasn't a perfectly executed pass and Brown just makes him look so good. So I just think if you're going for safety and upside, we saw with Beckham last week, I mean, he still has that, that floor, but I don't think anybody has the floor that Brown does. The only thing that concerns me about Brown is his price. You already talked about how much higher it is, but it's $1,500 higher than A.J. Green, the number three receiver. That's the same difference between A.J. Green and Eric Decker. I mean, that is a big chunk of cash to spend. Yeah, no, it definitely is. I just think that, uh, like we mentioned earlier with value receivers, I mean, there are digs especially. There's a couple other guys that are really cheap. Travis Benjamin's really cheap. Um, I, I think there's enough cheap guys that you could lock in the safety there with Brown, but at the same time, um, you know, you're likely not playing both Brown and D'Angelo Williams in your cash games. So um, you're kind of going to have to take your pick between the two of them and then uh, differentiate elsewhere. Now, is Josh Norman going to cover Beckham? I think so. I, I don't know if he will on every play, but I, I don't know what they're doing with this because, I mean, in my mind, Antonio Brown's the best receiver in the NFL. And I don't, I think he's head and shoulders above the rest. And for some reason, they just decide to let Rashad Breeland just keep getting murdered in that passing game week one. So now we're finally seeing them realize, you know, you pay Josh Norman all this money. It, what's the purpose in giving him all this money, bringing him over if he's not going to cover the top receiver? And they've they've already faced some really good receivers. Obviously, we saw him shadowing a little bit last week. Um, he gave Des Bryant some trouble. So, I mean, if Washington is not having him at least – two-thirds of the snaps uh, shadowing Odell Beckham that I'm not sure why they even signed him. Yeah, you're exactly right. I, it's a mystery to me. It doesn't make any sense. Which wide receiver is a lottery ticket that you want to see go off on Sunday or that you think can go off on Sunday? I mean, I I still think that uh, – I, I think my guy is Randall Cobb. 
Um, I think he, I do think Jordy Nelson is going to see that tough matchup against Darius Slay. Cobb's one of those guys that I know there's a high total. He's going to be, I think he's going to have a decent amount of ownership in cash games, but I don't think he's going to have a lot of ownership in GBPs. And we've seen him, you know, have that two, three touchdown upside before. If Nelson, you know, is struggling to get open, which I'm not saying that's necessarily going to happen. I, Jordy Nelson's still one of the better receivers in the game, but I think Randall Cobb's the guy that's going to kind of fly under the radar that's still, you know, borderline top tier wide receiver as far as upside goes. And so for, for lack of me saying Mike Evans every week, like I usually do, I'll go with Randall Cobb. <laughs> it's funny that you say Mike Evans every week. Uh, for me, the guy this week, he's really low priced. It's Tyrell, Tyrell Pryor. He's going up against the Dolphins and, and the Dolphins secondary is not very good. We know Corey Coleman's now out with a broken hand. Cleveland's passing offense is not going to be any good with, with Cody Kessler, but Pryor's got to get a lot of those targets, right? And they're going to be playing from behind, so they have to pass the ball. Yeah, I mean, I think by default, he's going to get looks. I just I just worry that he's going to be able to do much with it. I mean, he's had 17 targets in two games, and he's only caught six of them. But, you know, on the other hand, you also saw Mike Evans had 17 targets last week and only caught six. So it's not like Pryor's the only one struggling to bring in the ball. So, I mean... I'm big on the Miami defense this week, and I'm obviously not the only one. But, I mean, kind of by default, Pryor's the guy that's cheap that, I mean, they're going to have to throw the ball his way a ton of times because, you know, I was I was mentioned on Twitter earlier, you're seeing Travis Benjamin out here having these the huge game last week. And, I mean, what the Browns wouldn't give to have him back right now. I almost wonder, though, uh, let's move on to tight end. I, I almost wonder if Gary Barnage is going to get a lot of those targets instead of Terrell Pryor since he hasn't done as much with him. I, I keep waiting. I mean, he only he didn't have a single catch first week, five targets last week. I mean, we saw what he can do last year. I just if McCown was was playing, I, I would have a little more faith in him. But uh, I mean, I don't know. Cody Kessler is obviously a pretty unproven commodity. You know, maybe he's one of these guys that is going to step in in this matchup and uh, surprise us all. I just I won't be investing heavily in this situation, but I, 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 it's, I don't think it's one to avoid since these guys are so cheap. Yeah, every once in a while that happens with, with some of these quarterbacks that no one knows any, anything about. I mean, they did spend a third-round pick on him, um, so we'll see what happens. Is there a cheaper tight end that you're really eager to get in your lineups? Um, a guy that I really like is uh, Dwayne Allen. He's a guy, obviously, Andrew Luck, not necessarily 100% um, right now, but you know, facing a San Diego defense that's, uh, I'd say, average at best, not quite as bad as people seem to think that they are. But, you know, first week, saw six targets, got four for 53 and a touchdown. You know, this is a guy he likes to look at in the red zone. You know, when we saw Kobe Fleener in town, it was, you know, you get the red zone. It's one of those two guys because obviously T.Y. Hilton, you know, not a big target. So he's a guy that I think of more as the deep ball threat than a red zone target. Obviously, Dante Moncrief, a big receiver, but he's out. So I think Dwayne Allen's going to get a lot of red zone looks in this game. And I expect a lot of scoring here and i mean he's only 3800 on DraftKings, so i think dwayne allen's the chief guy i'm looking at what do you think about jared cook at home against the lions he hasn't really done anything lately and i know richard rogers getting some of those snaps but detroit's been the worst against tight ends of anyone in the nfl so far yeah i mean i, I try to take recency bias out i was i was big on jared cook week one we all know how that turned out or yeah, me too <laughs> if yeah if you didn't it was one catch for seven yards so i guess it's better than a zero but not really um he got had six targets last week, you know, in a tougher matchup. So, I, like I said, I do think that Jordy Nelson is going to see a little bit less 
um, of looks this week from from Aaron Rodgers due to his his tough matchup. I mean, as, assuming that he's kind of shadowed by Darius Slay here, but uh, I, I think that this is probably the best you know passing attack for this week. I really like the Packers, like I mentioned earlier. So Cook, I mean, he's under three thousand dollars. I mean, you can't. Yeah, it, it's so low risk. You can get maybe you know a guy like Antonio Brown and some other top options in um, and still get Jared Cook. And I mean, at 2,900, if he gets you what he got last week, four for 31, seven points, it's not going to kill you. So you assume he's going to get some looks. Maybe you get a touchdown out of it. And then even just one catch for a touchdown, he's going to do well with that price tag. Is there another tight end that you're fond of? Um, I mean, it's it's hard not to like guys like uh, Delaney Walker. I know he's questionable right now. Didn't practice That's my Wednesday. guy this week. Yeah, I love Delaney Walker. He's a guy that I feel like nobody's ever on in season long. Nobody was on him in DFS last year. And he's just like that cheap guy. You know, when you get guys like Rob Gronkowski up there near 8K some weeks, save yourself a couple grand getting Delaney Walker. And more often than not, he was posting similar numbers. So I I see you're, you're in agreement here. So I'm definitely big on him, assuming that he's good to go. The one other guy that's really intriguing to me is Jason Witten. I already talked about how Dak Prescott's going to have a big game against the Chicago Bears, and he's been targeting Jason Witten a ton. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if Witten ends up having one of those classic Jason Witten games with uh, eight, nine receptions, two touchdowns, and 120 yards. Uh, I know he's a lot older now, but I, I think that he still has a few more of those games in him somewhere. Yeah, I mean, he's got just about as good of hands as any tight end that I've ever seen in my lifetime, at least. So, I mean, he's... He's just such a safe option. You know, that's why it doesn't really matter who Dallas has had under center. You just know Jason Witten is the guy. You throw the ball near him, he's going to make the play. And, I mean, like you said, he does get red zone looks. He saw 14 targets in that first game. Obviously, kind of dropped down last week. He's not a big play threat. But, you know, in the red zone, if I'm an opposing defense, you know, Chicago this week, obviously, I'm going to be doing whatever I can to keep Des Bryant from catching one of those jump balls that, he saw twice last week, didn't catch either one of them. But, you know, it seems like that's kind of the obvious thing that Dallas always does is just you get down inside the five yard line. It's a lob into the corner and let Des Bryant do the work. But why not try to stop that? And if Jason Witten beats you, so be it. So I, I, I if I, if it's me, I'm definitely trying to stop Des Bryant before I'm worried about Jason Witten. So I like that call. Let's let's close out with defenses. Uh, who's the highest price defense that you think is really safe this week for cash games? Um, I think it's, it's kind of chalky to say, I don't think they have a ton of upside, but I mean, they're just always good. And that's the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, really, they haven't given up. They gave up 214 yards the first week, 283 last week, um, eight total sacks, haven't allowed more than 10 points in a game. I mean, this is a San Francisco team that their best options. I mean, Vance McDonald was their big play last week. They've got Torrey Smith. I mean, they're just no weapons that you worry about. I mean, Carlos Hyde, so stack the box and make Blaine Gabbert throw the ball, and he's not going to beat them down the field. So I agree. I think if you're paying up, I think it's kind of an obvious play for me in cash games in the Seahawks. Yeah, and I definitely don't think they're a good GPP option because we don't we know Gabbert's probably not going to turn the ball over three or four times. That's just not the type of quarterback he is. Um, but yeah, he's not going to put up points. I wouldn't be shocked if uh, if San Francisco got shut out in this game with with one, maybe two turnovers. Yeah, exactly. Like you mentioned, I mean, that's Blaine Gabbert's like the new Alex Smith. You know, he's the guy that he's not necessarily going to go out and win you a game, but he's not the type of guy that's going to take those chances that lose you the game. So, you know, we're going to I think we'll see a similar thing as what we did the first two weeks. Teams facing the Seahawks, they'll score one touchdown probably after, you know, maybe they'll get a big return. 
get a short field. I just don't see San Francisco doing much offensively. Now, on the cheaper side, I can't make up my mind between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home against the Rams and the Miami Dolphins at home against Cody Kessler and those hapless Browns. Is there another defense that you really like? And can you help me break the tie with those two? I mean, for me, I think it's the Dolphins. Um, because if you're looking at playmakers, especially we talked about on the the Brown side, there aren't any. I mean, Isaiah Crowell, Terrell Pryor, those are not guys that, you know, you worry about beating you at all. I mean, you don't even have to make a defensive game plan to stop any any one player. You got a rookie quarterback under center. So I think that, I mean, the upside is huge with them. Buccaneers, I mean, obviously facing a Rams offense that couldn't even score against the 49ers, you know, the Buccaneers have given up some points the last two weeks, granted, but it's was also against some pretty good offenses in Atlanta and Arizona. So, you know, I don't read too much into that. So I think for me, it's the Dolphins. I price considered they're my top offense. So, I mean, the way I see it, you could still see Todd Gurley get going. Maybe. I keep thinking it's going to happen. It hasn't happened yet. But, you know, that's what worries me um, on the L.A. side. Obviously, none of the receivers scare you at all. But I, I still definitely lean Miami because – there's not a single player on the Browns that I'm concerned about. One other defense that really intrigues me, and this is kind of a contrarian play, but it's the Cincinnati Bengals. And I know you said you don't trust their defense to stop Denver, but I really think they can stack the box against C.J. Anderson. They've still got some pieces. I know Burfick's out, which is a big deal. That's a really big deal in the running game. But I'm just not – I think Simeon is due for – Plenty of turnovers, and it could happen this game. We know Cincinnati has forced a lot of turnovers at the, over the past few years, and uh, they're just one of those sneaky plays that I wouldn't be shocked if they get three picks and a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm biased here as a, as a huge Bengals fan, but, uh, you know, this is a defense that obviously Burfitt was there, but they played well against Denver last year. Obviously it wasn't um, Trevor Simeon under center. So like you said, I mean, if they – are smart and realize that C.J. Anderson is the guy that's going to beat them. Trevor Simeon is not beating them down the field. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger made a couple plays down the field, but I mean, he's about as good as as there is in the NFL at avoiding pressure and still making a play. And I, I don't see any way that Simeon makes even one play like the type of plays that Roethlisberger can make. So, you know, any quarterback that wasn't Roethlisberger under center last week and the Steelers score 14 points tops, I think. Um, so, yeah, this one definitely could end up being – a slugfest you know this could be a defensive battle because the Bengals have been bad against the run but that's also because they've you know faced some teams that have a lot of weapons it was Decker and Marshall the first week last week obviously Antonio Brown you got to worry about him so um there's weapons for Denver but I don't trust Simeon so we've got the Buccaneers and the Dolphins and the Seahawks Cardinals are probably uh a real good play as well is there any other defense that you'd even consider playing with all those big names at the top I mean, I think I'm mostly going with the Dolphins overall, but I think one that's kind of sneaky and I'm not, I'm kind of scared to even try it, but the Jacksonville offense has looked really, really bad from what I expected they would. Um, They looked okay for part of that Packers game early, but I mean, the Ravens are 2,500 this week. You know, you look at what they've given up, only 180, 160 total yards to Buffalo. That's not, it's a, that's amazing. Average. Yeah, that's an average offense but 160 yards is insane and last week they gave up 387 to the browns but you know that was also the browns got up early made a couple big plays so i think that the ravens are the team that i i would throw in a gbp that's going to be really low owned i think has some upside they're super cheap too 2500 yeah 
yeah, I mean, that's that in itself, you know, that extra $1,600 from them, the Seahawks, that turns your mid-tier receiver into uh, an Antonio Brown. You're right. Well, Justin, that's all we have, all the questions we have for you this week. I appreciate you coming on the show and looking forward to assembling some more lineups. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was a great time. Thanks for having me. And for those of you listening, that was the last show of the week. Next week, we've got three more shows coming up, highlighted by James Coe of NFL.com, coming on Wednesday to talk about week four rankings. So make sure to tune in for those. If you haven't already, please take 30 seconds to subscribe on iTunes, leave us a rating and review. It really helps out the show. Thanks for listening. I just wanted you to watch me just all.